ceremonies are here. I'm Ryan Burrow on our quest for gold finale for this season. The athletes have arrived, the torch will be lit, and the 2022 Beijing Winter Games will begin. Athletes, officials, coaches, and others are being tested daily to keep COVID out of the games as best as possible. There's already been at least one American who's tested positive. Four-time Olympic bobsledder Elena Myers-Taylor, who was set to be a flag bearer at the opening ceremony, tested positive over the weekend. She posted on social media she is asymptomatic. She will be allowed back into competitions after two consecutive negative tests. She's already there. Her competitions aren't until later in the game, so she's been working out in her hotel room. Three-time Olympic speed skater Brittany Bow will hold the flag on Elena's behalf. Meanwhile, curler John Schuster, who we spoke with in episode 10, has also been named an opening ceremony's flag bearer. The torch relay was shortened to just three days due to the pandemic. International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach held a wide-ranging press conference hours before the beginning of the Games. We can say Beijing is ready. The amazing venues are ready, the Olympic villages uh, are ready, and most important, the athletes are uh, ready. Bach answered questions about politics, climate change, the pandemic, athlete safety, and Chinese human rights. He says he did meet with Chinese tennis player Peng Shuai after she made allegations she had been sexually attacked by a member of the Chinese government. He says she is able to move freely around the country. Curling is already underway with mixed doubles beginning Wednesday. USA's Vicky Persinger and Chris Plies beat Australia in the first match of the games. Some fun facts about these games in Beijing. All of the snow you see is fake, 100%. In recent games like Pyeongchang and Sochi, much of the snow used at Olympic competitions has been fake. It's all fake this time. Temperatures in Beijing this time of year are usually in the upper 30s, low 40s. Not ideal for snow conditions. This year's luge run will be 17% longer, which is supposed to give an advantage to strong drivers rather than fast starters. You may remember the water cube in Beijing in the 2008 games. It was the swimming venue then. Well, it's been reworked into the ice cube, the curling venue in 2022. White House Press Secretary Secretary Jen Psaki says President Biden and other White House officials will watch the Olympics and cheer on athletes. The U.S., however, will not be sending any diplomats to the Games over human rights issues in China. In this week's Athlete Spotlight, we talk with U.S. women's hockey player Jesse Comfer. The 22-year-old is making her Olympic debut on a team led by athletes she's looked up to since she was a kid. How and when did you find out you made this roster? I, I can't imagine it was at Target Field. What, what, what was kind of the lead up to this moment? <laughs> Um, we found out in the middle of December, they brought our team in as a full and they kind of just announced like, look around because this is who's going to be going to Beijing. This is your team. And we were surrounded by one another, which made it better. And you could see the tears from some girls, the excitement and kind of that feeling and just everything you've worked for kind of paid off. So it was definitely very exciting and very exciting to have your teammates around you when you found out the news. So participating in the MyY tour wasn't a guarantee that you were going to have a slot. I mean, obviously it was helpful, but um, you, you didn't know leading up to that moment that you were going to make the team. Correct. Yeah. So you've been training with Team USA, especially with this tour here. I, I can imagine going from the college game to you know some of the leagues that you've been participating in. And this is an all-star team, isn't it? I mean, what what is it like playing with the best in the country all at one time. It's got to be thrilling and very nerve wracking at the same time, I would assume. Yeah, it's definitely very thrilling. It's exciting to show up to the rink every day surrounded by the best because you know everyone there is going to put in their all and give it their all. And it just makes it that much more fun when the game is faster, more competitive and more fun out there. 
just makes it a better atmosphere for everybody. And that's how you learn and that's how you get better. And that's why I've enjoyed it so much. What, what, what have the mental gymnastics been like for you stepping onto the ice with all of them? I mean, I'm sure that you've been the best player on the ice with most of the teams you've been a part of. Now you're stepping on the ice with all the people who are in the exact same boat as you. Um, do you have to kind of feel each other out and find out where people are strong, where people are maybe weaker and then kind of sift through those, those things? Or is everyone kind of stepping out onto the ice as a top dog? Yeah, definitely. You kind of have to pay your respect being one of the younger girls. You know how good the older girls are and what they bring to the table every single day. But I just think for me personally, I just go out there and try to give it my all every single day and not focus on the end goal, but just do what I can that day to feel my best out there and try to get better. Well, what's your interactions with some of the the older, and I put those in air quotes because we're talking about, you know, mid-20 players and, and late 20s players. What are your interactions? Are they are they talking to you? Are they improving you? Or are you just kind of standing back in awe and, and watching how they maneuver, kind of their decision-making? Maybe it's a combination of both. I think definitely our four captains who are Kendall Coyne, Hillary Knight, Lisa Klein, and Brianna Decker, just watching them and learning from them by how they treat their bodies, what they do every single day. I think that that's how I've grown as a player. And then certainly they go out of their way to make sure us younger or newer girls on the team feel comfortable or they're always there to answer questions and do what they can. So I think that having these girls be our role models, even though they're our teammates, it's been helpful a lot this year. You know, one of the things I talk with a, a lot of Olympic teams before they go and play, and there, there are two things that stick out for your team in particular. Number one, you have had the ability to play together. USA men's basketball got thrown together and sent off to Tokyo, right? Even if the NHL were to play and, and the men's side, I mean, we don't know. They're going to kind of get thrown together and then thrown onto the ice in Beijing. You've had an opportunity to, to gel and mesh. Has it, I guess it could never be enough time, but does it feel like you've had at least some time so you're not complete strangers out there on the ice? Yeah, I think this year has been really great for us as a team because we've learned how to play with each other on the ice, but also off the ice, we've become a family. And I think that that's the most important part because we're willing to do whatever it will take for each other because of how close we've gotten this year. And I think that that's what will help us succeed as we go forward. You've become very familiar with Team Canada. You've played each other, what, six times over the last couple months? Yeah. And uh, all of them have been within a goal. Uh, you, you haven't been on the winning end of all of them, but they, they've been some tight battles. You know them very well, and they know you very well, so that could make for an interesting matchup um, You know, when you get to that point. Are you already kind of mentally preparing for a U.S.-Canada matchup at some point? I think, yeah, U.S. Canada is always on your mind because it's always such a fun and exciting game. But um, as we get into Beijing, I think that we're just focused on our first game and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I guess you haven't seen some of the styles of these other squads that might be out on the ice as well. So, you know, there's no guarantee here. I mean, is that something that the older uh, athletes are kind of ingraining in your mind? Look, you may have the USA logo, but that doesn't mean, you know, a medal is a sure thing when, when you get to these tournaments. Yeah, for sure. Certainly after the last Olympics, we have a target on our back coming and hopefully we're going back to back with gold. But I think that that target on our back kind of helps us and pushes us every single day because teams want to beat us and we just have to know we have to bring it every single day so that we can be the ones who walk away with gold. 
Talk about getting into hockey. How'd you get into this sport in the first place? Obviously, there's there's a little family tradition there. For those who don't know, maybe you want to enlighten them. Yeah, my brother, he was playing when we were younger, and I used to always be at the rink, always watching him. So one day, I think I looked at my parents, and I was like, if I'm going to be here all the time, I might as well try it. And then from the second I stepped on the ice, I fell in love with the game. Were they supportive of that? Did they try to guide you into a different sport or a different direction? I think I honestly started with figure skates on my feet and I knew that wasn't for me. And the second I put on hockey skates and it was a little bit of a more competitive game. I just knew that that's what I wanted. And yeah, my parents were definitely supportive and same with my sister. She played when we were younger. So we've been a close knit family and hockey has only brought us closer. Yeah. Did you guys play each other then quite a bit or were you always watching your brother from afar? Did he kind of help you elevate your game? Um, He moved away when I was pretty young for hockey, but before that, we would always mess around in the basement, and I'd always go to as much as I could of his games. So I think that I learned mostly from him by watching watching his games, and then I've been lucky enough the past couple summers, he's come back to Chicago to train. So I've been training with him, and he brings me everywhere with him. If he's going to the gym, I'm going to the gym. If he's going to skate, I'm going to skate, and I think that that's been pretty special, and that's where I'm very fortunate having him. You mentioned him as one of the people you look up to. Another one, Jonathan Tapes. You know, it's interesting. I was looking at the roster and five of the of the, the women named to this roster are from the Chicago area. And I wonder if this is just me speculating, but I mean, we had a pretty good run there of Blackhawks championships. I mean, did that feed your interest in the sport from 2010 to 2013 to 2015, watching Jonathan Taves, watching Patrick Kane, and kind of being seeing that sport elevated to where it was? Did that kind of help in, in, in your drive in the sport? Yeah, I think it made it that much better to watch your home team bring home a Stanley Cup and going to those games. I remember going to those Stanley Cup parades when I was younger, just making it more exciting. but. In the back of my head, I knew I wanted to be the ones winning the trophy, and hopefully that's what we do in Beijing. Does that say something about hockey in the Chicago area? I mean, the fact that there are five women's players or five uh, players on this women's hockey team, that women's hockey in Chicago is the real deal, and and obviously it's elevated to maybe a, a higher level than some of these other parts of the country? Yeah, I think that the five of us coming out of Chicago kind of shows how good our youth programs are and our AAA programs in Chicago. So I think that the girls who are playing in Chicago now are only getting better. And I think it's really exciting to see and exciting to watch. So I'm excited to see where that takes them. Did you have many interactions with Abby and Savannah and Megan and, and Kendall leading up to being named on this team? Or are you guys playing against each other, same circles, same training? I think we're all different ages, but I grew up looking up to Kendall Coyne and Megan Bozak. And then didn't really know Savannah Harmon until a couple summers ago when we started to train together. And then Abby Murphy and I played at the Chicago Mission around the same time. So we always knew each other. She was always around the ring, just different ages. But we've always known each other, which makes it that much special, special that we're on this roster together. Yeah, I, I, the one thing I like about this roster, average age, 25.9. So not incredibly young, but not incredibly old either. So that should play to everyone's strength. I think you get the speed and, and the, the strength of the youth and then the, the mental capacity, obviously, of the more experience and the leadership qualities that go in there as well. Um, eight first timers. 
Um, so there is going to be a little bit of a learning curve, isn't there? I mean, are, are there things mentally that you're trying to prepare yourself for that maybe you've never had to prepare yourself for uh, heading into a tournament? Yeah, I think that when I get to Beijing, I just don't know what's going to be going on. It's going to be a bit different this year with COVID and whatnot. But I just think that I just need to focus on my game and do what I've been doing. I've been playing hockey my whole life. So just get over there, enjoy it, and just focus on the little things in my game. Is it hard to focus exclusively on what happens on the ice when you've got COVID going on, when you've got political things going on, all these discussions, are these games going to happen? Are they not going to happen? Is it, is, are you able to put that out? Is that a distraction for you or do you just kind of absorb it all and, and, and follow up with the news and find out what's going on with COVID and testing and things like that? I think that us as a team, we've done a very good job this year that when we walk into the rink every single day, we put all of that behind us and, Nobody really lets that distract them. And we just kind of have to focus on the task at hand. And when we're in the rink and when we're in the gym together, no one's thinking about outside noises. We're just thinking about what's important to us and what we have to do. Are you feeling pretty safe going into these games that the USOPC, Team USA, the IOC is looking out for your health and safety and that, that the proper protocols will be put in place? Yes, for sure. I definitely know USA Hockey. Our staff for sure here has done everything that they could. And I know the USOPC has been doing everything they can. And we definitely feel safe going into this. We just want to make sure we all get over there healthy. I know there was some frustration with how the My Y Tour kind of ended because, you know, COVID surged and, and those games couldn't be played. So it was, it was probably frustrating from that perspective. But, um, you know, I guess the hope is that you've got some kind of bubble that will uh, protect everyone. Have you ever been to Beijing before? Never. Have you done much international uh, travel outside of the state, the North America? Um, a couple times, just with USA Hockey, Finland, Czech Republic. Um, never made my way to China, though, so I'm excited about it. What's the difference between playing internationally versus playing, you know, other teams from the States? I don't think there's that much difference. You just have to kind of get used to the time zone. Definitely sometimes the food is different, but once you're over there and on the ice, you're just playing another hockey game. What about other sports there at the games? Any, I don't know if you're going to have a chance to see anything else, but is there something that you're going to be uh, hoping to see or glued to, whether it be speed skating or snowboarding or curling? I'm not sure we're going to be able to get to watch other sports, but I think that'd be cool to see snowboarding in person. <laughs> All right. Pre-game, do you try to amp yourself up or do you try to calm yourself down? I mean, are you like throwing the, the headphones on and, and rocking out or are you going into the corner and trying to meditate? <laughs> um, I think I'm more of a music kind of girl. I can't can't be too focused because then I'm not enjoying it, but there's got to be a happy balance. And I think I, I figured that out in the locker room by just being around my teammates and listening to whatever's on the, the radio or that's the stereo in the locker room that day. Yeah, staying loose. Is this team pretty good at staying loose? I mean, you guys got yeah, some... a lot of fun together too, which is really good. It's kind of disappointing that the NHL is not participating. I mean, was your brother considering potentially playing for the men if if the nhl did send athletes i mean i'm sure if he got the opportunity he would have jumped on it but i'm not sure how that process was but it's definitely sad that the nhl players won't be there yeah were you surprised to hear that news yeah i was but at the same time there's a lot going on in this world so it kind of makes sense and it's hard for some of these players those players to leave their families when they don't know how long they could have been stuck in china or what that process was so makes sense Women's hockey is in the process of trying to really grow into a, a 
not just a budding sport in the U.S., but, you know, a larger, more impactful sport, as is some of the other female sports. Have you seen it really grow, especially from the time you were a kid to, to now, as far as the interest in it, uh, even at the recreational level, trying to get girls involved? Is you see it growing in the direction that it should be? Yeah, for sure. When I was younger, I started on a boys team because there weren't enough girls players when I was younger and not enough girls teams. But now you look around and there are so many girls teams and so many little girls trying hockey for the first time. And I think us as the girl, the older girls that people look up to, we just have to keep trying to pave the way and fight for what we believe. And I think that'll help all the little girls out there. I think one of the things that I've noticed when talking to athletes is they were inspired by previous athletes who kind of went down the same path. So, I mean, it's possible there are girls who are going to be watching you and say, I want to do that one day in 10 years, 20 years down the road, they're trying to follow the same, the same path that you thought that's, that's, that's a big, I don't know if that's a burden for you or something that you, you, that you, um, you know, aspire to be. No, I for sure take pride in that because there were girls when I was, or women when I was younger that I looked up to and to see what they did for us and for women's hockey. I just hope that what I can do make, can make the littlest of impact on someone out there and they follow their dreams. Do you have any remembrances of, of women's hockey, Olympic hockey, or, uh, you know, certain athletes that you were following or watching or who inspired you or posters you had? Um, when I was super young, Cami Granado was one, but then as I got older and Kendall Coyne started to kind of take off in the U S program, I definitely followed her because of being from Illinois, being from Chicago Mission, I kind of always looked up to her. And now that I'm playing with her, it's like the greatest honor of my life. Yeah, I, was, I could imagine that for someone who looked up, I bet you could pick up your phone right now and text Kendall and have a conversation. That's That's got to be something that if you would have told yourself three, four, five years ago that you could do, I think you'd be pretty shocked by that, huh? Yeah, I would never believe it. <laughs> All right. So where can people follow you on social media? Are you, are you into uh, Instagram, Twitter? TikTok? Yeah, Instagram. My handle's at Jesse Comfer. I'd say I'm going to start posting a lot for the Olympics. So I I was wondering, I mean, do you guys, do you guys have any, uh, a planned rollout of anything? Do we have any TikTok dances coming from the, the, the women's hockey team or, uh, I don't know if we have any dances coming, but we got who we're living with in the Olympic village today. And I told them that we're going to go TikTok famous. And I don't think my, my group was on board for that, but we'll see if we can take off. Of course, Team USA is expected to be on a collision course with Team Canada for the gold. We'll see how it all plays out over the next two weeks. Good luck, Jesse. And that'll do it for this season of Quest for Gold. Feel free to go back, listen to any of the interviews we've done over the last several months with athletes leading up to these games. We wish all the athletes, coaches, judges, referees, and journalists from all countries a safe and spectacular game. And we will be back in 2024 for the Paris Summer Games with more updates and more athletes. I want to give a special thanks to web producer Dave Marzullo of WGN Radio for putting Quest for Gold together on a weekly basis. I'm Brian Burrow. We'll talk to you in 2024 right here on Quest for Gold. Enjoy the 2022 Winter Games in Beijing.